Welcome to Your Health To Go, brought to you by Demystifying Your Health, providing the clarity that you need. I'm Ashley Wood, registered nurse and author, your host. In each episode, we take a health topic that's important to you and break it down into easy to understand information. We also discuss the most common treatments and preventative techniques. Thank you for joining me today. Let's get started. Today's topic is outdoor survival. While most of us like spending some time outside, it's usually on our own terms. When you're planning on participating in activities outside, you usually bring everything that you might possibly need with you. What happens if you find yourself in a situation that you are unprepared for? If you have to be outside overnight or for a few days until you're able to reach safety, do you have the knowledge and skills to survive? While outdoor survival skills might seem like something that only people who are hikers or like to spend time in remote areas far away from civilization should need to know, there are important things that everyone should know in order to be prepared for any scenario. Like your car crashing in the middle of nowhere, you're injured and help isn't available, you take a run down your favorite trail and hurt your leg, making it so you're unable to get back to your car, or you're on a fishing or hunting trip and something goes terribly wrong. These are just a few of the things that you don't plan on happening, but they very easily can. This is why the more you do to be prepared, the better the chance you'll have to survive. One of the best ways to be prepared is to learn skills that you can apply to any situation. There are six essential things that you need to know how to do that will increase your chance of survival. They are how to treat common injuries, how to build a shelter, how to build and maintain a fire, how to find water and make it safe to drink, how to find edible food, and how to signal for help. The most important thing you need to do if you're caught stranded outside is prioritize. Number one should be your safety. Identify whatever the immediate threat is and get away from it. Number two is first aid. Check and treat yourself for any injuries. Number three is protection. Find a weapon, whether it's a sharpened stick or rock, to fend off any type of predator. Number four are your physical needs which include making a shelter and fire, finding water and food, and maintaining good hygiene. Even if you don't have a first aid kit with you, you should know how to take care of the most common type of injuries. For cuts and scrapes, it's important to clean out the wound with fresh water and keep it clean while monitoring for signs of infection, which would be pus, drainage, red lines coming from the wound up your body towards the center, fever, and or chills. If the cut is small, this is all that you need to do. For larger deep cuts that you can't control the bleeding of, you should use a tourniquet, but this should only be a last resort. An important thing to remember for tourniquets is that it should be at least one inch wide and tightened around the affected limb above the site of injury until the bleeding stops. For a dislocated bone, you need to get it back into place. For broken bones, you need to make a splint out of the material that you have available to you such as sticks and shoelaces. Burns should be treated by removing any clothing from the area and running lukewarm water over the burn. If you have honey, it can be used to coat the burn. Otherwise, loosely wrap the area in wet pieces of clothing and then keep the wound elevated as much as possible. If blisters appear, do not open them. When you hear of someone dying of exposure after being outdoors for a period of time, it usually is because they didn't have an appropriate shelter. The type of shelter you need depends on the environment that you're in. 
If you're in a cold environment, you need one that'll keep you warm. But if you're in a hot environment, you need one that provides shade. All shelters should protect you from the elements, meaning that they should keep you dry. A shelter for cold weather should be small enough that it accommodates your body lying down and not much else, because this helps to trap your body heat. The best way to do this is by creating a lean-to, using fallen trees or resting a strong branch against a tree and then propping up sticks on this branch close together to make sides. Adding bark, leaves, pine needles, and moss to the sides is a great form of insulation. It's also important to put similar insulation on the ground that is several inches thick. A shelter for hot weather should be made by digging slightly down, roughly a few inches, into the ground because the dirt here is noticeably cooler than the dirt on the top. After digging down, build a lean-to using sticks over the top of the area, but be sure to leave some openings in order to allow for air movement. A significant thing to consider when building a shelter is the location. You want to make sure that it isn't in a valley or an area where water flow comes towards you. Remember this key saying is you want to be high and dry. It's important to stay away from insect nests and other possible dangers like falling rocks. If you're able to locate your shelter near running water and dry wood, you'll be able to get the resources you need for drinking water and making a fire. A fire is essential for a variety of things, such as warmth, protection, because it usually keeps away predators, a signal device for smoke signals, and purifier for boiling water. In order to have a fire, you need to be able to light one. If you have a lighter or waterproof matches, that is an advantage. If you have a magnesium fire starter or steel wool, those are helpful too. Even a battery can make it easier to start a fire. But if you are truly stranded and you don't have access to any of these, you can use an eyeglass or water bottle to direct sunlight and focus the rays through them to create a single point of heat and direct this towards your tinder. It may take a while, but it will eventually catch fire. Obviously, you need sunlight to use either of these methods. So if it isn't available, you'll need to try something else. A good option is the old standby of starting a fire with sticks. The best way to do this is to rapidly roll a stick on a log using the friction to start a fire. In order to keep a fire going, there are several different materials you'll need. First, you need tinder, such as pine needles or dry leaves and grass. This can be anything that's small enough that will be easy to catch on fire. Next, you need kindling, like small, dry sticks, which are a little bit denser than the tinder and will burn a little bit longer. Finally, you need bigger pieces of wood that will burn for an extended period of time. When building your fire, you need to make a teepee in which the tinder is surrounded by the kindling and the kindling is surrounded by the wood. Be sure to block the tinder from the wind and use long, steady breaths to help ignite it and spread the flame. You need to be able to find water because your body can only go a few days without it. The number one thing to consider is if it's clean and uncontaminated. Two good sources of this are rain and snow. Rain just needs to be collected and stored. Snow should be melted first because the energy required by your body to absorb water from snow is incredibly high. If these aren't options, you can dig for water. Some plants indicate water is nearby, and if you dig a hole near them, you just have to wait for it to fill. Or think of places that water would be likely to collect such as a rock outcropping. If you get water from either of these places, 
it's definitely going to need to be boiled. Another possibility is to collect water from plants. By using a piece of clothing to soak up dew that forms on plants and grasses, you can squeeze it into a container. While it may seem time-consuming, it's very effective. In addition to dew, plants sweat. If you have a plastic bag, tie it over a leafy branch, and water will collect over time. Some tips to finding water is to follow animals. Usually, they head to water near dawn and dusk, so by following them, you can find a water source. Flies and mosquitoes tend to stay within 400 feet of water, so if you see them, water is likely nearby. Remember, stagnant water is not suitable to drink even if you boil it. After water, your next priority would be to find food that is edible. There are several ways to do this. Make a spear from a strong enough stick so you can catch fish and other small game. The best way to make a spear is to find a straight stick and split the end to make two prongs. Keep the prongs separate by using a small piece of wood or a rock between them and tie it into place. Next, sharpen the ends of the prongs with a rock or a knife. Besides hunting for food, you can find plants that are edible. It's a good idea to buy a book about the vegetation of the area in which you live or are planning on traveling to and memorize the plants that are edible. Some easy-to-remember possibilities are acorns from oak trees, pine nuts and inner bark from pine trees, cattails, the entire plant can actually be used for food, and grass, the base is edible. As far as berries go, it's helpful to keep in mind these tips. White or yellow will kill you, purple or blue are okay to eat, and red could be okay or kill you. If you're unsure, don't eat it. Having some sort of signaling device is essential in being able to communicate to your would-be rescuers. Some good options to bring with you if you know you're going to be outdoors are whistles or signal mirrors. Other options include high-beam flashlights, radios, bright-colored clothing, or emergency beacon devices. If you're stranded, using a fire as a signal device can come in handy, since you should have everything that you need to make one at your disposal. The key to making a signal fire is having extremely dry wood that will light easily and quickly. Once the fire is going, putting green or freshly cut branches on top will create smoke. Also, you can create a signal using rocks, trees, snow, or dirt. Just remember, it has to be large enough and in an open area for people in airplanes or helicopters to be able to see it. If you find yourself stranded for a period of time, it's essential to maintain good hygiene to prevent the chance of developing infections that could easily get out of control and kill you. The most imperative hygiene concerns should be preventing dental infections because they can be painful and dangerous. The best way to do this is to remove dental plaque from your teeth with a cloth. Some spots on your body are prone to bacteria and fungus growth because both of these like areas that are moist, dark, and warm. You can prevent them from growing by keeping areas where skin touches skin, such as your armpits, under your breasts, in your groin, and between your toes, as dry as possible. If you need to have a bowel movement, it's a good idea to squat, not sit, because you have less of a mess to clean up. There are a few other things to keep in mind that will aid in your survival. The first, and most important, is navigation. If you find yourself stranded, it's a good idea to follow the Boy Scouts mnemonic STOP, which stands for Stop, Think, Observe, and Plan. Usually, the best way to get rescued is to stay where you are and wait for help. This is where knowing how to make a shelter, 
build a fire, and find food and water comes in handy. However, if help isn't coming, then you need to know how to navigate your way to safety. If you're planning on being outdoors, you should bring at least two of the following items, a compass, map, or GPS device. Whether or not you have these, you should know how to find north. A simple way to do this is to remember the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. Another way to do this is using an analog watch. Hold the watch horizontal and point the hour hand at the sun. Now imagine a line running up the halfway point between the hour hand and 12 o'clock. If you are in an area that is on daylight savings time, imagine the line halfway between the hour hand and 1 o'clock. This will be the north-south line. If it is nighttime, you should find the north star Polaris to use as a guide. This is done by finding the Big Dipper and drawing a line between the two stars at the outer edge of the constellation's dipper. Extend this line until you find the Little Dipper. Polaris is at the end of the Little Dipper's handle. If you face Polaris, you are facing north. Once you find north, you need to figure out which direction to head. If you know the area, try to head towards the nearest road or town. If you don't know the area, it's a good idea to follow a river downstream or head towards the nearest clearing to be able to signal for help. If you see a helicopter, signal them to land by using your arms to form the letter Y. If you hear people nearby, use a deep voice to call for help. Most sounds in nature are higher pitched, and a deep voice will stand out better. An important skill to have is the ability to tie several types of knots. The one that will come in the handiest, therefore you should definitely learn, is a bowline knot. This knot is ideal for when your rope will be supporting a great deal of weight, because the harder you pull, the tighter the knot gets. It's used often when tying snares, lowering yourself or equipment over the side of a cliff, or building a shelter. An easy way to remember this is that the rabbit comes out of the hole, goes around the tree, and back into the hole. This creates a loop that goes around the object, and when you pull on the rope, it causes the loop to get smaller or tighter around the object. A second knot that can be helpful is a double half-hitch knot. This is used to attach your rope to an object and can be used when making your shelter. In order to make this knot, you put your rope around a tree and bring the end under the standing part of the rope. Next, you bring the end up and pass it through the eye of the loop you just formed. You pull it tight to complete a half-hitch and take the end of the rope under the standing part a second time, making another half-hitch. Pull it as tight as possible to make a double half hitch. The type of clothing you're wearing can affect your survival when stranded. If you are going to be outdoors, you should always dress at least one layer warmer than you need because you can always take things off, but you can't put something on you didn't bring with you. Also, try to wear clothes that retain their warmth even after they become wet. And a hint, this is not cotton. It's essential to have clothing that will protect you from the elements, which could be the sun, rain, or cold. If you have a jacket or pants, bring them. It's key to remember that most cases of hypothermia actually occur in temperatures over 40 degrees Fahrenheit. You should be prepared for encounters with any large predatory animals such as wolves, coyotes, cougars, and bears. The best course of action is to get away from the animal slowly. As you move away from the animal, do not turn your back to them. Do not play dead, run, or move towards the animal. 
If you are trapped in an area, make yourself seem as big as possible by spreading your arms out and making noise. If you can, find something and throw it at the animal. If none of this works and the animal attacks, use your non-dominant arm to block its mouth and use your other hand to smash it in the snout with the heel of your hand or poke it in its eyes. If you can hinder the animal enough that they release you, get to the nearest tree and climb it before tending to any wounds. Despite all of this information, what is the most vital thing to have if you are stranded? A positive attitude. If you are in a survival situation, you need to remain calm. You can do this by focusing on tasks that need to be done. This means developing a plan, inventorying your resources, and identifying the critical tasks, such as building a fire and shelter, finding food and water. In the cases where people have survived being stranded, they've had the determination to do so and maintained a positive, proactive attitude. There may be points that you feel hopeless, but it's essential to remember that these are feelings, not facts. If you focus on what you need to do to survive, you most likely will. Thank you for spending some time with me today. If you found the material to be valuable and helpful, please tell your friends about us. We're on social media, so like and follow us there to stay up to date on our latest information. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter on our website. Stay healthy, and please join us next time on Your Health To Go. Now, time for the legal statement. Please keep in mind that the content we provide is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified competent health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on Your Health To Go or seen on the Demystifying Your Health site. Demystifying Your Health does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, physicians, products, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned. Reliance on any information provided by Demystifying Your Health, its employees, others appearing at the invitation of Demystifying Your Health, or other visitors to the site is solely at your own risk. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately.